BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of our podcast, the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uriah here yet again, guys. It's been a long week, we didn't, we haven't got together since last Sunday, but, and Chris has been longer, uh, condolences to you and your family, of course, but we got a lot of things to talk about, but before we get into that, I gotta say, Uriah, I'm pretty jealous of you, because you got to go see my boys in real life, and I'm not talking about the Sixers, because we all love the Sixers, but Uriah... Got to go see the Delaware Bluecoats, which is my home state team, mm-hmm. play in action. So, you're right. Before we get into the podcast, tell us a little bit of your thoughts from the game. I have to start off by saying um, I'm an idiot because <laughs> here's why. So, I get to the Bluecoats game, my first time covering the Delaware Bluecoats uh, for Philly Sports Network. So, I go down, I get there two hours early, and I get a chance to see guys warming up. Skyler Mays and, and some of the other players on the Toronto 905. And um, I'm trying to figure out, all right, you know, where am I going to set up at? I know there's a media table, but, you know, everybody's still setting up. So I go to this young kid. He he's obviously works there. He's a blue coat shirt on. I said, hey, man, I'm trying to set up and I need to get connected to Wi-Fi. I was like, do you know the Wi-Fi password? So he says, actually, I don't. But that guy over there with the with the, the suit on, he probably knows. He's the president of the Blue Coats. So oh, you, you're talking about Alex Yor? Right. So yeah, I I'm thinking. All right, sure, why not? So I go over and I ask him, uh, introduce myself, and he kind of stares at me like like Who are you? He's never seen me before. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, Yeah, I'm trying to get connected to to the uh, Wi-Fi. Can you help me out? And he he gave me this long answer that I couldn't hear because the, the noise was blasting or the music was. So he told me to, you know, put my email in or whatever. And then, of course, it didn't work. And then uh, finally, I, I got this piece of paper with the Wi-Fi information on it. And I typed it in my, my, my laptop, and it's still not working. And I, I ended up getting on, but it was, it was cool. Um, as far as the Blue Coats, the talent-wise, they, they scored a lot of points. I think they scored 141 points. 
Michael Foster Jr. Uh, is probably, I guess, their best offensive player without Jaden Springer on. And I know Chris likes that. But he actually didn't play that great that night. It was the night really belonged to Mac McClung, who mm. scored 44 points. Mm. They, they, no one, they had no answer for him. Toronto could not do anything with him. And he was he he scored in any Now he's a sharpshooter, right? Oh, he scored from everywhere. But he, okay. he's so he's so fluid and, and good with the ball. And once he got warmed up, it was it was He's a former All American, right? Yeah, they played with Georgetown for for a hot minute, but but he's good. I'm thinking, man, if if you get all these guards down for the Sixers, you know, call him up. Look, the the sad thing is that they don't allow ten day contracts. I think until January, right, Chris? If I remember correctly. Oh, uh, is that is that how it works? Yeah, I think so. I don't think they allow ten days until January or at least December. I'm pretty sure it's January, though. So, it sadly, look, and we'll talk about the injury woes and what I think they should do about it. But, and I'm sure Chris has his own opinions. He probably will not agree with me on this if I had to guess about <laughs> potential free agent signings. Just sign really bad players. Hey, hey now, hey now. Look, I'm. I think there's better options out there, but I'm thinking of players that Doc Rivers would actually want to play. But we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. His level. Okay. All right, let's get I, look, to the, I, I, yeah, yeah. Let's okay, get to we'll the Timberwolves game because I was actually at the game last night. My wife, uh, she treated me for my birthday. Uh, oh, happy birthday. Thank well, you what are you much. now, like 85? See, I, I was, <laughs> was going to go out my way to say, after tonight, no more old jokes because – Chris already, Chris already called me an old head, and then they printed it in this article for KYD. Yeah, I saw that. that the was old funny. head podcaster. But but no, in all seriousness, the Timberwolves game, we were there last night. It was an mm-hmm. ugly game up until the last three minutes of the mm-hmm. game because uh, Minnesota had control pretty much the entire game. Here's some team stats before you guys go in and analyze everything. The Sixers and the Timberwolves both shot 47%, but – uh, they made a few more threes than we did. They got to the line more often when, than we did. The Timberwolves out-rebounded the Sixers 43-39. to 39. They were sharing the ball more freely, 28 assists, 21 for the Sixers. And at the end of the day, when it comes to points in the paint, when you have Rudy Gobert and Cat, uh, you know, down low, they're, they're going to feast and with Embiid by himself anchoring the middle. They out-remounted us, or I'm sorry, the points in the paint was 48 to 36. So let's go to Lucas first. What can we say about the game that they lost last night against the Timberwolves? Look, it, the Sixers had no uh, had no business in being in that game at all, but they were able to cut cut their way back, and a lot of it has to go to you know Joel Embiid had another 32 point game. I think he's probably had one of the hottest streaks in it. NBA history prior to the game I think he scored like over 130 points which is like the best in NBA history yeah I could be wrong but like like it's pretty darn close right um and then you got Shake Milton who had like that vintage like two or three Shake Milton games that you had during the regular season with 27 points really efficient shooting Melton did everything you wanted him to do so like look it it the the Timberwolves have a lot of problems, and the Sixers were able to capitalize that in the last couple of minutes. They just weren't able to pull it off because it's kind of like a bogus call on George's Niang the last like ten seconds. Oh. 
So like that's 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 just my opinion. But look, Joel Embiid's going to carry the load, especially with like three starters out. It's surprising that we even got back into this. So kudos to the Sixers. Like I, you know, moral victories are never like really fun, but this is certainly. I think this is a moral victory in the in you know terms of no, had no business being in the game and was able to make it a really close game at the end. Yeah, good good points all around, Lucas. I mean, it was the second night of a back to back. That's always pretty tough for any team, and when you're down as many guys as Philly was, you, you could certainly feel the effects of that at various points throughout the game with Joel and with everyone. Um, but like you said, Joel continues to put together some pretty ridiculous games here. 32 points on only 15 shots, got to the free throw line 20 times, put Gobert and Nas Reed and those guys in foul trouble. Milton, 27 points, stepped in to, to the maxi void and, and performed pretty well. I, I think we all talked up the Sixers depth chart quite a bit before the season and we've maybe been a little bit disappointed, but Shake was kind of that extra guy who wasn't really playing, who we all know is an NBA-level player and who is now looking pretty good when the Sixers need him. So that was nice to see another pretty solid Melton game in a bigger role than he's used to and maybe equipped for, but he, he played well all the same, does a lot of great things on both sides of the ball. And, I mean, at the end of the day, a three-point loss, even though, like you said, it really – Shouldn't have been a three-point loss on the second night of a back-to-back to a pretty good team. It, it, it's understandable. It's not the end of the world. Um, like I said, moral victory, for sure. It, it, it's really, I don't think, anything to write home about. I'm not worried about it in any significant hmm, way. Yeah. Other than the fact that Philly is missing three of their top four guys. like That's worrying, but we'll talk about that. And That's not a Minnesota issue. <laughs> Yeah, when he went down in the fourth quarter, Joel Embiid, and his ankle got caught underneath, I think it was Niang, the entire building got quiet instantaneously. And there was this overall collective feeling of dread. <laughs> we were like, oh, my God. We're going we're gonna to be missing our whole starting lineup. But as far as the, you know, it is a moral victory. They had no business in this game. I agree with both of you. Both of you. But that one last play, I don't know if you remember when um, – he picked the pocket of whoever Melton, and he was going Melton. To a yeah, when he got the layup, and then he—I yeah. feel like he got fouled on that. I feel like he got fouled. We on were, that. yeah, it was huge big jumbotron right above us, and they mm-hmm. showed it at least six times. Whoever was, I guess, contesting that shot at the—I think it was Anthony Edwards—pushed him in the back. You clearly yeah. see a hand like push him in the back, but they didn't call that. So, me being the angry fan I was, I yelled. It was like, "Get off DraftKings, refs!" Because. The spread, I think, I think it was um, Minnesota minus three and a half, and I'm like, wow, this mm-hmm. is just too too close to call. But I don't know. I'm not going to complain about the refs because that's well, look, not you know the refs, refs kind of swallow the whistles in the last couple seconds too. So like, because <sighs> they don't want it to be decided on free throws. You know how it is. Yeah, but Nicole no, no, no. I'm hey, look, I agree. There with was you. a lot was of foul. There was a through that whole game. There were some questionable plays, very questionable. I mean, look, Joel got to the foul line for 20, 20 times. That's, you know, yeah. you, they still got plenty of whistles. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Timberwolves a little bit because they made some really interesting moves in the offseason. And I know Chris just can't wait to talk about his guy, Gobert. And I'll go to Chris first. Uh, after watching them play together, Chris, 
what what are your thoughts about Cat and Gobert coexisting in the lineup and Anthony Edwards and just the team as a whole? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously there have been some growing pains. I, I don't think it has meshed particularly fast, and I, I think there's some valid reasons for concern, but also, like, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. Could be worse. We're 16 games into the season. I, I think people are prisoners of the moment a lot in the NBA. I mean, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it, but it's 16 games. They have plenty of time to figure stuff out. You know, no matter what your opinion on Gobert is, I, I think it's fair to say that he's a very good player. How good he is is up for debate, but we know that Gobert is an impactful, positive NBA player. Like, they, they have plenty of time to figure it out. I think Edwards and Russell in particular have really maybe, you know, hit a couple of snags when it comes to trying to figure out how to play with Gobert. I, I think they're maybe they're used to last year where it was five out up-tempo, attack downhill. It's a little different with Gobert. He changes the calculus of that offense, and they've struggled to kind of adjust. But they've survived 16 games. They're not underwater or anything like that. They have plenty of time to figure it out. So I'm generally, like, I I think they'll be okay long-term. Yeah, no, look, I I think that there's a chance that they'll be fine, but there's a couple things that need – I, I want to that need to change. First off, I want to agree with you on the offensive point. Look, five out. Carl Anthony Towns was the matchup nightmare on offense for opposing teams. He's just a stretch four now, like, and he struggles defensively. Like that's we all knew that that was going to happen. And like, yes, he's a really good three point shooter, but he does so much more in the paint. And with Gobert there, it kind of limits that to an extent. Um, and yeah, D'Angelo Russell look has looked awful this year this is probably one of his worst career years uh ant came into ca- training camp out of shape um and doesn't have the lane open like look gobert's always going to be occupying the lane that's that's just a fact um so getting wide open dunks is not going to be as easy for him he needs to adjust his game he's also only 22 years old so he's young he needs you know they expect him to be the franchise guy and i'm sure he will be but it's going to take time for that to happen like, especially with the change in offense that it is, like, it's it's going to take some time. The The other thing that I really want to talk about with the Timberwolves is not so much what's what's happening, you know, in terms of skills, is in terms of personality and cohesion. Because you've heard rumbles. I'm sure you guys have heard rumbles about, you know, Cat calling out Ant for his shape, yep. uh, Ant calling out the big men for clogging up the lane, Chris uh, D'Angelo Russell not realizing that he was subbed in, so it was on four on five on defense at one point. Um, look, Chris, look, and they lost Patrick Beverly. That's a big locker room loss because he's that glue guy. They they don't have him anymore. They don't have that type of guy in the locker not room. Really with these type of person. I mean, look, look. I mean, I'm just the Lakers saying, are a bunch a of diff- vets, though. They got a bunch of vets. <laughs> yeah, though. these are young guys that need a guy like yeah. Patrick Beverly. So my my point being here is that they're missing that locker room cohesion that he brought. And look, I don't think Chris Finch is the right guy. I don't. Like he's an okay head coach, but for this group, you need to have a veteran head coach. He's only in his second season, first full season. They they need more. Actually, no, is this his second season or third season? It doesn't matter. He's still a pretty young head coach. Doc Rivers. So I, I think it's more chemistry than it is on-court stuff. That's that's what I think is going on with them. 
It's yeah, funny you say I, that. It's funny you say that because Kevin O'Connor on their podcast, he's mentioned several times in several podcasts. Yeah, no, I, I've listened to it. I agree with him. He absolutely. was talking about, you know, this, this rift and Gobert not really being liked on the team. But I'll tell you what, sitting there on the court last night, he threw an alley-oop to Gobert in a critical moment of the game, and they were high-fiving. It was like, looks like his love right now. But I guess when you're winning, everything's love. Yeah, yeah everything's better when you're yeah. winning. Absolutely. Yeah. Just give it time. Like, on paper, Gobert should help. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give it more time for them. Like, like, I, I absolutely am will, willing to give it more time. I think they need another ball. Cre- if we're talking about needs there, I think they need a a smoother three and D because I think McDaniels is a four and they're playing him at the three. And I think they need a like another ball creator like D'Angelo. They need to upgrade from D'Angelo Russell, I think. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Milwaukee Bucks were in town on Friday night, and that game had nothing short of uh, extra drama from beginning to end. Uh, some really not so good news that you guys will get into related to an, a key injury. But if I go to the team stats, it actually was pretty tight across the board. The really true distinction between these two teams on Friday night was the three-point shooting. Uh, the Bucks got up thick 36 three-pointers, but only made 12. The Sixers, they got up 28 points uh, or 28 three-pointers and made 13. Uh, Giannis did what Giannis does and Bede led the Sixers in scoring. Uh, but what are your takeaways, Lucas, of the Bucks game? Um, so first off, I think Joel got lucky to get a flagrant one uh, in that game, to be completely honest. I think he probably should have gotten a flagrant two because that was – he threw his arm into that. Look, look, I, I agree with Doris Burke. I think that was a flagrant two. I, I mean – do you call it? I don't know because it is a big matchup, but like I, by letter of the law, I think that was a flagrant too. That being said, look, Giannis struggled in this game. We, we talk about 25 and 14. That's a bad game for Giannis, and especially because he kept on, he went four of 15 from the foul line. That's how the Sixers won that game. They, he could not hit a free throw. He also had five turnovers. Brooke Lopez did not look like the monster he was in the previous game earlier in the, like, what was it? The second game of the regular season. Like he, he looked like he, I mean, look, he still had four blocks and I think two, at least two were on Joel, but like it was, Joel had a much better game. One of his better games of the season for sure. 32 points, uh, 26 shots, eight assists, five, uh, three blocks. Then we could talk, you know, 
I'll leave the Tyrese Maxey stuff to Chris. But overall, this was a, a team effort. You know, you got bench contribute, uh, you know, contributions from Georges Niang and Shake Milton. And I don't think, I mean, look, it was uh, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday's first game back. He was coming off the bench. That certainly did not help their case. He looked um, rusty. He looked really Yeah, he looked a little rusty. Yeah. And Javon Carter, who started in his place, didn't look the best. They, they're still missing a few rotation guys. Um, but look, the six, especially after the Maxi injury, the, nobody expected the Sixers to win that, especially when they were down at halftime. It was nice to see that they were able to bounce back and pull out a win and pull, play one of the, some of the best defense I think we've ever really seen them play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I pretty much agree with you again across the board, Lucas. Um, I, I mean, obviously, by his extremely high standards, this is about as bad as you're going to get from Giannis. Um, like, like he's, as you know, the free throws are an issue for him. He's just not going to go 4 15 very often. And he, he made some pretty questionable decisions as, as far as like shot distribution and where he took his shots. So they, they were treated to something of a bad Giannis game, which helped a lot down the stretch. And like you mentioned, Drew Holiday just coming back. Still no Chris Middleton. That was just by no means a full-strength Bucks team. But it, it's pretty impressive to rally like Philly did, given the circumstances. Obviously, Tyrese going down with a left foot injury. That's going to keep him out a few weeks now. He had 24 yeah, points. Yeah, minor at fracture in the foot, three to four weeks, which yeah. we'll certainly talk about later. Yeah, so, I, I mean, awesome first half from Tyrese. Also, like, of note, he played 21 of 24 first half minutes. Like, like, it's fair to point to the fact that Tyrese has been playing more minutes than just about anyone in the NBA so far, and that maybe wasn't the ideal situation for anyone. As young as he is, it's still not great to play guys that many minutes. Mm-hmm. You need Look, I don't think the – I don't. I'll, I'll, let me just interject real quick. I don't think that the minutes were the reason why he had the foot injury. I think it was a freak play. It looked like an ankle sprain and replay. I think everybody can agree there, I think. Yeah. But it just – it was a freak play. I don't think minutes had to do anything with that. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean – End of the day, Joel didn't have a great first half, but he, he closed big time for which has just been what he's been doing lately. He has, he's had some monster fourth quarters, obviously the Utah game being the prime example of that. Um, like I thought your Brooke Lopez point, I don't agree with. I thought he looked really good. Like Joel just made more mid-range jumpers than he did in the second. Like there's not much that Brooke can do about that specifically. Um, and Joel's an awesome player. He's going to beat good defense all the time, but um, yeah, like Milwaukee and Boston are the teams to beat. That's a that's a team that Philly's going to have to go through potentially if they want to get where they want to yeah. go in the Eastern Conference. So it's a really good win, shorthanded. Melton was awesome. Yang was awesome. They, they got a lot of contributions up and down the roster. Um, we'll talk about the Montrez thing. His contributions may be coming uh, post game, but <laughs> a lot of good stuff from Philly overall. Yeah, speaking of mantras, Harold, let, let's get to the controversy that has been spreading all over social media the past 48 hours or whenever after the Bucks lost to the Sixers. So if you have been living under a rock and you didn't see the game or, or the controversial moment with Giannis Antetokounmpo, basically the uh, staff in the Wells Fargo Center, they were starting to break down everything and 
the courts is one of the things. They have to lower the courts. In order to do that, they have to go up on the ladder. Well, uh, Giannis was trying to practice free throws after the game because he shot so poorly, and he got so uh, exasperated with not being able to practice, uh, he knocked over this huge ladder, one of the biggest ladders I've ever seen. But just to be fair, there's two sides to every story. Before that, you had on the mm-hmm. other end, uh, Giannis was shooting, and I think it was Montrezl Harrell took the basketball yeah. and was antagonizing Giannis, saying, look, you're not from Philly. Get off the court. They had some words, and then Giannis had to go down the other end where they were already breaking down the court. So my question, let's go to Chris first. Uh, Chris, what do you make of that incident where he knocked over the ladder uh, because he wasn't allowed to shoot free throws after the game? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, it's not ideal to knock down a ladder in that circumstance. I, I mean, it's it's relatively poor treatment of like the arena staff or the camera staff or whoever was doing that. It's like not a great move. But at the end of the day, we're probably overblowing it a little bit. I, I don't think it's some huge indictment on Giannis's character. Um, I, I think the Montrez stuff was pretty stupid too. Like, you let the guy shoot free throws, players shoot on opposing courts after games all the time. We've seen Embiid do it. Like, it's not an uncommon thing. You, you let the guy shoot his free throws. There's no shortage of basketballs in that mm-hmm. stadium, in that arena. It's not hard to go get a different basketball. Like, Montrez is obviously a bit of an antagonist just by personality. He's he's one of those guys who likes to get under people's skin. But game's over. Like, probably not the best time for that. And I... I I don't think Montrez is in the right, you know? So I, I can understand why Giannis would be a bit frustrated by that. Should he have pushed over the ladder? No. But I didn't mean to push it all the way over like that. I, I think that was an accident. You know, he's a strong guy. Probably didn't mean to push that hard. But, yeah, he went a little far. But I, I think Montrez probably riled him up, you know, shouldn't have riled him up like that. There's no good reason to do that. I don't think it accomplished it. So, I think everybody in that situation was an a-hole, to be honest. Because, look, Montrez was an a-hole. Giannis was an a-hole. Even the arena staff, he said he only had two more free throws to make, and then they would, and then he was done. The staff could have let him just shoot two more free throws. Like, that was kind of like a, kind of like a, like, look, I know the staff has a job, but, like, you could have let the guy shoot two more free throws. But, like, at the end, everybody was an a-hole in this situation. Giannis, Montrez, the arena staff, everybody was an a-hole. I don't think it's an indictment on his character. I think they had a, a sucky loss. He played terribly from the foul line. He was upset with himself. Did he handle it the best way? No, but nobody's perfect. And outside of this, I don't think we can really say Giannis has had any major character flaws. So I'm not, I'm not putting any stock into this. Well, I'm pulling, putting all my stock, and I'm saying Giannis knows better. He was completely wrong. These staffers, it's like 10 o'clock at night. They want to get home. It's not doesn't take five minutes to break down everything. And, and Giannis, look, just because you feel like you want to shoot after a game doesn't mean you are entitled to shoot after a game. It's funny, last night we were leaving the Minnesota game, and we I like to wait because like, I don't like – the crowds and trying yeah, to get to your car. Yeah. So there was a security guard down near the court and uh, we locked eyes and he's like, all right, time to go. And I was like, look, I'm just waiting for somebody to knock over a ladder in here. 
and he started laughing. <laughs> and uh, but but at the end of the day, I think Giannis should have exercised more prudence. But he was ticked off because he shot so poorly. So I I kind of get it. Yeah, I, I mean, like Montrez went and shot on the other other end though. It's not like players weren't shooting. So it, it's not. Oh, he was wrong. But so, two wrongs don't make a right, right? Knocking yeah, over. I mean, head. like generally speaking, I think the players are like they do have the privilege of being able to go out there and shoot after games. Like, yeah, a lot of players do that. That's yeah. not anything no. new. I think what happened is Montrez pissed off Giannis a lot to where Giannis had to go back in the locker room, compose himself, and then when he came back out, I think that's why that's when they started breaking down because there was nobody on the court then. I think that that was what led to it all. Yeah, and I like I agree. It's like the arena staff is probably not in the wrong here. I don't think it's their fault. I don't think they were trying to antagonize them. Like those guys have deadlines. They got to get home. They got to get on the road. Whatever. So I, I, I'm not blaming them at all. They're least to blame here. And Giannis shouldn't have pushed the ladder. But there are many factors at play here. So I, I don't. In the end, it doesn't really change my opinion on Giannis as a person. It's just. You know, right. probably we can all agree he's a horrible human being and on that note we're going to transition all right of all franchises with some of the worst cases of luck when it comes to injury the sixers just can't put that to rest we have some injuries guys uh, we obviously know that james harden was uh, injured a few weeks back he's still out tyrese maxi during the milwaukee games you guys discussed it earlier but how concerned are you guys that these two star guards, our starting guards, and Harris has missed several games? Should we really be concerned about this, or, or do you think that the Sixers will be fine, like in the next couple games? Who do you want to answer first? How about you, Lucas? You go first this time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, look, the three out of the four core four is uh, injured right now. Yes, I'm bringing back core four. Core four. Um, core four. We should make that a sound bite. Anyway, um, but no, like, look, Tobias Harris, you know, when everybody's healthy, he's just a glorified role play. Yes, Chris? What if Melton's better than Tobias? I disagree. I disagree. Wow. I might be on Chris's side for this. What? Okay, explain Did your you case. See him Go ahead. Last night? Okay, that yes, but for the most part of the season, he hasn't time been out. shooting like time that. Out, time out. What is he the ideal get as many offensive role for Tobias Harris? What's Green the D. ideal offensive role? Yeah. Green D. Uh, third okay. score, probably. Okay. Who is just as good, if not better, at spot-up shooting than Tobias Harris? And who is miles and miles better on the defensive end? Okay, 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 okay. Are you saying better player for this team or better player overall? Because for this team, you have an argument. But better player overall, I disagree with you strongly. Well, I, I mean, Tobias could score more points somewhere else, but that team's not going to be any good. You know, it's like empty calories at a certain point. But okay, continue. Sorry. Okay, anyway, going back to the original subject. Um, look, um, so you're, you're missing three of your top four scores. It's not going to be easy. I think, especially with the guards here, we talked about the fact that you have two all-star guards. But then after that, guys, you you have Shake Milton, who, you know, on most NBA teams would probably be a third guard on the in the rotation. 
Like we love that he has those these you know one hitter games or one or two hitter games where he goes off for like twenty plus points. But for the most part, he's not the most consistent shooter. Or at least he hasn't been for the last couple of years. Now, if he can pull this off while you know Maxi and Harden are out, I, kudos, absolutely. But I don't think we trust. Yes. Are you going to sit here and tell me that Shake's not a consistent shooter and then suggest that we should sign Avery Bradley or Eric Bledsoe? Okay, look. <laughs> he didn't. I haven't gotten yet, to that point. Chris is referring to a conversation that we had earlier in our group chat, but, and I, I'm going to get there. But that was I was going to wait until the next question I'm before sorry. we got there. I'm sorry. And also, you're raising your hand like one of my students. Actually, no, you, you're better than most of the students that I have because you actually raise your hand. I'm sure you or I can relate on that I one. think that hand is like there's some sarcasm going up. With oh, absolutely. Well. But at least he's <laughs> actually doing it, which is more than what I can say for my students. Um, but no, look, like Shake Milne's not a guy that runs your offense. The run- offense has been running through Joel. And while Joel is more than a capable playmaker – Having another guard who can bring the ball up, who can initiate the offense on a regular basis, because we know Melton and Shake are more combo guards, especially Melton's more of a two than a one. Like, I I think you would you have an open roster spot. I think it's worth looking at the free agent market. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris, now you can go. Uh. Yeah, uh, look, I, I mean, obviously I'm concerned about the general fact that Harden and Max are going to be out for a while. Like, that hurts the Sixers quite a bit. There's no two ways about it. Like, that sucks. Yeah. Long term, and I, I'm still, like, like I've said this all season, I'm really pretty chill about the team overall. Like, I'm not panicking yet. They have more than enough time between now and the playoffs to get everyone back and to get things on the right track. Like once this team is healthy, they're already making a lot of progress defensively. I, I think they'll be fine in the long run, but like, like it sucks that Harden and Max are both going to be out at the same time. That hurts the offense quite a bit. Um, do you know, I, but like Melton and Shake have both been really good the past couple of nights. Nights, I think those are both guys Philly can rely on in a pinch for thirty minutes a night. Um, Furkan has been can, out for like as long as both of them are going to be out because Harden's Furkan. out at least for another two weeks. Sure, Max Furkan. is out for three to four. Sure, Furkan's out too. Soon. He gets back yeah. sooner than them, though. I would assume. I, I think, and I probably prefer him to most of the free agent guards Philly could sign. As far as someone to just throw in there for fun. Um, you know, they have Jaden Springer. I mean, I don't know if we're point fork on is fun, either. but Jaden Springer cannot run an offense. He's a shooting guard. Uh, He's not yeah, a point guard. You don't really need guys to run the offense with Joel, though. You just need to get Joel the ball in the middle of the floor. And I think both Milton and Milton are capable of doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, none of the guys you're about to list can really run the offense either. So it's okay. So why don't we go down that list, Lucas? Who, in your opinion, could the Sixers sign as insurance in case, just in case? I mean, let's let's say we lose. I mean, another guard. look, the, the, there's a few options here, and Avery like Bradley. part of my idea here is guys that um, Doc Rivers is actually willing to play because we look whether or not they're the best option. Chris, I know, I know, I know. Yes, sir. Go okay. ahead, raise your hand. 
they signed Montrez because Doc would actually play him, and all we do is complain about the fact that they signed Montrez because now Doc plays him, and it makes them worse. Why would we do it again? Why do we care what Doc wants to do? Don't pander to Doc. Hmm. Okay, okay. Well, well let me name off some Wait, names. Man, Chris, would you would, would you say that to Pop? Come on, man. Would you say that to Pop? <laughs> Watch it. Watch Pop it now. Pop is playing Charles Bassey. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shots fired. That is true. Yes. Um. So, look. Here's just some names. I don't think any of them are, like, home run hitters because the free agent market is pretty dried up right now. I don't think there's any G leaguers off the top of my head that are really like outside of like a couple of vets that I'm going to mention here. Uh, Chris, can I get to the list? All right, go. Sorry. Thank you. Um, okay. So here's who I got so far. I have Avery Bradley, former doc guy, combo guard. Is this going alphabetically or is this by like, yeah, no, 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 the alphabet. Is that, this is no okay. particular. Nope, no particular. If he was order. at the top no of particular. your talent list, I'm worried. No, right. no, 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 no. Uh, Eric Bletso, another former doc guy. Uh, wasn't really an efficient shooter last year in Portland, but is still a really good defender and can play make. Um, year. <laughs> uh, Alfred Payton can't shoot. I, I'll be honest there, but he is a great defender and good playmaker. Uh, Chris uh, Dunn. Oh, so really good defender. Yeah, th- that's the problem with most. Uh, Trey Burke. <laughs> oh, God. Trey Burke, yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, I I am all for Trey Burke. Um, he might be at the top of my list. Wait a minute. Okay, um, keep going. What? You got to say something. You haven't said a really got a really good guy that could help us technically offensively. Uh, Jared Butler. He was on. Oh, um, he was on Utah last year. Kemba Walker is still okay. out there, right? See, no, I'm not saying Kemba Walker. I know better. Really? Wow, I'd take Kemba. Yeah. Kemba would be miles better than Avery Bradley. Come on. I okay, well, okay, Chris, do you have anybody in mind? Okay, let's... Garbage. Uh, There's a reason why Kemba has not been signed. And, of course, I'm going to say Isaiah Thomas because I love Isaiah Thomas. There's a reason that Avery Bradley hasn't been signed. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, Mac McClung sounds better than all those guys to me. Like, just is he, But is he a point guard? Is he? Yeah. Play? I, I don't know. Yeah, he can, he could two, create. The ball a lot. Can he create for others, though? You're right. Yeah. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. Can you create for others? If you yeah, can create for others, I'm interested. Is not some like wizard ball handler who creates for others. Bradley's like a six foot two guard. I, I... End of the day. Okay. You're okay. not going to find anyone who can replicate what James does. The offense is going to flow through Joel. You just need guys. To get you all the you ball. Can, you're not gonna you don't really need a true point guard in that sense. So Well, okay, so here's the caveat of all this, guys. It doesn't matter who we talk about because the Sixers don't have the cap room to sign them anyway. We're they, I think about all I, those guys the minimum contracts. None of those guys No, no, no. Chris, if we sign anybody to a minimum contract, it triggers the hard cap. Okay. Sure. Yeah. We can't get anybody unless triggering the hard cap which I don't think we want to do. So not until after the trade deadline. So I I don't think that all the talk that we're talking about right now, unless they make a trade for somebody that makes less, like you trade cork miles for like a minimum contract, you're not gonna, you're not going to get a point guard right now. 
That's that's the biggest issue because the hard cap. I think we're about three hundred thousand k below the hard cap, and no minimum contract unless you go for non guaranteed. Like the guaranteed date is like in February or something. Then then you might be able to do it, but like I don't. And like ten days don't start until January. So the Sixers are kind of up the creek without a paddle. Well, earlier you mentioned Mac McClung and. In, in the game that I watched, and it's just one game, but to score 44 points yeah. at any level when he's on the court with guys, Toronto, the Toronto G League team is almost identical to the pro team. They chuck up three-pointers like it's going out of style, and they got mm-hmm. all long defenders that can switch and do some things defensively. When he was on the court, Mac McClung, like before that, like they would do a lot of dribble handoffs, but when the game progressed – he would like dribble at the top of the key and he would call up for a pick and he would take that pick and he would either drive and dish to like someone open or he would mm-hmm. go to the basket with, with no issues at all. I mean, he was just, yeah. he was, look, he was a former all American. I'm, I'm interested in him. There's a reason why the blue coat signed him or yeah. I, I think they signed him. I don't know if it was Jesus a sign or a draft. Following in the footsteps of Paul Reed. He, he's a good player. There you go. Um, my dream trade that I'm just going to, put out into the universe it's never going to happen okay. because even new york's not this stupid but matisse and whatever stuff is necessary for emmanuel quickly is my new like let's make it happen y'all what because clearly the knicks are like trying to get rid of guards <coughs> why would the knicks for get whatever rid of reason him? it seems like they're open to trade they wouldn't them. trade quickly for donovan mitchell so i don't think matisse is gonna be i don't know he's shooting um, look and playing 20 minutes a night Re- reuniting quickly and Maxi would certainly be fun because they both played at Kentucky together. And I, I look, if that happened, I would be ecstatic. But I, I just I don't see a, a path for it. We don't have – we not. maybe have one draft pick right now that we can trade. We lost two second rounders already thanks to the P.J. Tucker, Daniel House stuff. So, like, I don't I don't see it happening. I know, I know. Let me – let a man dream, Okay. I, okay. So well, I preface that with the fact that it's not going to happen. Um, no, look, if you can get a trade for Thibel and, and Korkmaz for like a quality backup guard, cool. But remember, this is all just a temporary fix. So do you trade Maxi for temporary fix? I mean, Thibel for temporary fix? I don't, I don't know if I do that. Cause like once Harden and Maxi come back, you might. You you probably there were times where Milton wasn't playing at all. There was no need for him to play. Right. So I don't I don't know if I do that. He'll be back. Like, look, well, if you can trade Cork Moss for one, cool. But I wouldn't trade Thibault. Just as an example. Yeah. You know, I got you. I got you. If they traded for quickly, he would play once those guys got back. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, no. It would just cut into uh, so, uh, Melton's minutes. Yeah. But yeah, no, he would or, play. It doesn't even have to cut into Melton's minutes. They can cut into House's minutes and whoever else. But, yeah, if you get a good enough player back, they will still play once James and Therese come back. It just depends on who you get. Uh, you know, can we talk about the Knicks for a second here? Because I think they're going about this all wrong. Uh, it's We're kind of coming up on 40. Okay, so okay. We can save okay. that for next I just, time. Okay, okay. But I do want to vet about the Knicks eventually and how they're yeah. not developing their young guys yeah. correctly. All right, Chris, it's time to take us on out. 
Okay, to all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on YouTube, as well as Audible, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find us on the web at thesixersense.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense for as long as Twitter is still a thing. Um, so until next time, peace out. Go Sixers. We'll talk to you soon. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.